Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. We're your Queen Bees. Audrey is coming in hot with more of a sultry voice this week than last week when she was actually sick. I mean, I would, I don't know what to consider myself currently because it's like, I feel, yeah, I feel perfectly fine. And then I just get this random and I'll probably cough during this and it will be for no reason and it will sound worse than it is. Like, I think it's allergies combined with like, I was so like congested when I was sick before that my body's still just like trying to get it all out. Fair. You also had two infections. Not yeah. one, but two. I had two. I was and I was infected. You were sure. very infected. Yeah. But it's like I don't feel bad enough that I feel like I have to go to the doctor again. I'm just very tired of still coughing. So one of the interns at our office, um, she was really sick. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, she must have the same thing that Audrey had. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her about it. And I'm like, oh, did you have an infection? She's like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like... Oh, my friend also had it. She's like, oh, really? She had hand, foot, and mouth disease? I'm Yuck. like, no. no. No, she did not. <laughs> I did not know about your disease. So I feel like I don't know what should that is, really. Do the sufferers of that disease a favor and rename it? Yeah. Because it just sounds like you just put everything into your mouth. Like, you just, like, lifted your foot and put it in your mouth. Even though I know that's not what it is, but I just always imagine, like, somebody just, like... Is that not what it is, though? Because I thought it was, like, mostly babies had it. So I thought it was maybe, like... Maybe that's why they started calling it that. I don't know. Because babies just, like, put their feet everywhere. Like, what an embarrassing thing to have to be, like, yeah, I have hand, foot, and mouth disease. It's like, yuck, what do you do? Well, I guess she had a baby who lived upstairs from her that had it. And so, like, it's super contagious. Yeah, and so she ended up getting it. So it's not, like, you know... Huh. She was putting her foot in her mouth. (laughs) In a literal way. <laughs> um, just to give you context or like a little visual, Audrey here is dressed like a spring day. She's wearing a green dress mm-hmm. with flowers all over it. And she was wearing mm-hmm. like slip-on mules. Like she looks wonderful. Yeah. I, on the other hand, am wearing all black. You I look, look like, like a punk. <laughs> I, because you also had like a checked yeah. uh, plaid blazer. Yeah. I wore the same, pretty much the exact same outfit. It was like different black pants and a different black shirt with a black leather jacket, mm-hmm. and I was like Sandra D. Love it. Um, in the end scene of Greece, mm-hmm. when she's cool, when she's when she changes fun. her look for a man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, always been more of a Rizzo myself, oh, but <laughs> I mean, in the show, I mean, obviously, um, there are worse things I can do. Is the best song absolutely for a female to get to sing absolutely the best. Um, but I feel like I would be a Frenchie, or I would probably get cast to play Frenchie. I could see that Probably for sure. Not Rizzo. I think I would get cast to play Rizzo. Yeah. I've got a little bit of edge. I mean, the biggest insult was would be if they would cast you as Sandra D. No, the biggest insult is would be if they cast you as that cheerleader girl. Oh, that awful. But see, she's not like she's supposed to be funny, so I wouldn't be that upset to play her. Well, because I just milk it. I feel like you could also be cast as a. Is her name Marnie? What is her name? The one who has the affair with the TV guy? Yes, that girl. I do like her. In the musical version, she sings Freddie My Love, which is also a great song. That sounds fun. Yeah. But she also has the cool glasses. Like, I feel like she has has a good look. I would want pink hair, though. 
Okay. The pink hair that Frenchie gets. Yeah, the cotton candy hair. Yeah. Also, the beauty school dropout scene is an Great. amazing Great scene. <laughs> My mom turned off the, um, did you watch the, like, live, Grease Live, when it was on? No. Like they did it a couple years ago. My no. mom was like, I mean, boys to men for beauty school dropout. I didn't like it. <laughs> and she turned it off. She was, like, so incensed well, that they had, quote, unquote, ruined it. <laughs> I'm bummed out that I didn't get to watch um, the Jesus Christ Superstar live show. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was just sung through. Like, they like they didn't perform it, I don't think. I think, I mean, like, they were emoting. What do emoting. you mean? Like, but they, like, they didn't put on the show. They just sang all the songs. Which, like, for an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, like, that's a very fine line. But, like, I think they didn't have, oh. I, like, I think they were emoting as if they were performing. Like, I don't think that it was just them, like, walking. So I think, like listening to the soundtrack that they put on Spotify would probably give you a Be similar, the same. Yeah. Well. You would be able to... I mean, but you also probably could watch it on demand somehow, or like on Apple TV. I'm just waiting until I go home to my parents' house this summer and can watch all the things that I want to watch. Like, The Alienist. Like, I'm sure. halfway through it. Can't watch it on anything that I have. Sure. Any of those apps that I have. Um, the Staircase I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. There's one more. But, yeah, there's a lot of crime shows that I would like to see that I don't have access to. Which I was telling you today that I really think you should watch The Jinx. I think that should be your next thing. Okay. I was listening to a podcast about Robert Durst today, and I just forgot, like, how fun that case is. Like, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's absolutely a ridiculous case. Plus, he, like, he is just, like very arrogant Mm -hmm. and like wants to be in the spotlight and so like he's interviewed like like the whole the documentary was made basically because he was like i'd like to say my side (laughs) um and he's very rich and it's it's i mean he is definitely a murderer but it's very fun it's a good it's a good um like i i find it i enjoy it like seven thousand times more than making a murderer yeah. Did you watch that? I watched, like, the first two episodes, and my roommate wasn't really into it. Mm. And I was... And it wasn't like I was so gripped that I wanted to keep watching. So I never finished it. Yeah. I mean... I just found it, like... The Jinx has much more of a conclusion to it yeah. than making a murderer does like i think that you will be satisfied by it conclusion yeah i know you do i know you do um it but it has a very satisfying ending so i would i would check it out i really yeah the staircase is i guess like kind of the first of the like true crime docuseries yeah and i've heard that that is like also amazing but yeah I, i have not not gone to it yet um, speaking of crime, yeah, I was gonna say this perfectly transitions into, yeah. So as we talked a little bit about last week, my life has pretty much been captivated by the Golden State Killer being right. caught. Yeah, and um, this weekend, so so Audrey and I talked about it, and we had talked about doing, what is the book called? Again? I'll be gone. In I'll the be dark. gone in the dark. It's like it doesn't roll off the tongue for me it that does. title. It doesn't. But um. <laughs> We talked about doing it. Audrey decided that it would not be good for her mental health. Mm. Um, <laughs> however, 
I decided that I need to read this um, <coughs> for myself. So um, I had decided, I'm like, oh, I'm going to just, Brennan was out of town this weekend. I'm like, great. I'm just going to read this Mm-mm. whole, Mm-mm. I'm, I'm just going to read this whole book this weekend and no. just have a lot of me time with this book. No. And then I realized that it, that was a terrible idea because yeah. I would be, I would just have to dose like really hard on melatonin mm-hmm. to get myself to pass out because I would just be very terrified of somebody breaking into my house. Sure. So, um, let's see. I basically I took two notes <laughs> <laughs> because I only got like I read the like intro, the preface, and one chapter. Okay. And then decided, I'm like, probably maybe next weekend. I'm making a bad choice. <laughs> I'm making a poor choice. Um, but I did take, like, probably the best Instagram post of my whole life. Yeah, that was solid. Yeah. I posted on my own personal Instagram today, though, and it got, like, ten likes. I'm like, great. When did you post it, though? At a horrible time. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, also, speaking of Instagram, our bu- Instagram is now a business Instagram mm-hmm. at the advice of it's Jess. It's serious. Oh, we should also give a shout out to Jess for increasing our following by 50 people. 8 million, yeah. <laughs> by half. Just for a simple comment. She commented on some post and said, hey, you guys should check out Queen Bee Book Club. They read Sylvia Plath. And then all of a sudden we had, like, our phones were blowing up with yeah, followers. That's true. Yeah. So thank you, Jess. Yes. We love you so much. Everyone else, please do better. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else be more like Jess. Yeah. Jess, Jess should be a model. Jess is a model listener. Um, so let's see. I'm just trying to read through this to make sure that. Okay. So this is just a thought that I, this is a frankly boring, dumb thought that I had, (laughs) but (laughs) the thing, there are kind of two reasons that the Golden State Killer is like very interesting to me. Like the, the first one is that he's incredibly prolific and yet, like, he was never even close to being caught mm-hmm. until until now. Yeah. Um, but he also engaged in incredibly risky behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he, I mean, he would do stuff like call victims mm-hmm. after, or survivors after attacks. And he would, like, like, I mean, he was essentially doing, like, parkour. Yeah. Like, before it was a thing. Like, he was, like, jumping off very high ledges and, like, doing stuff that could, like, easily get him caught. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he did take precautions for sure, but it also seemed like he he kept escalating and picking higher and higher risk victims. Or yeah, so like he had like he initially started with like single moms whose children were in the house, which is like the easiest victim you could have because he would basically threaten them and say like if you don't comply, I'm gonna kill your children, and Ugh. then they would comply. And so like that's like. In my mind, that's the easiest target you could find. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he kept... Then he started going... You know, he escalated eventually to couples. So, like, there were men in the house, which, mm-hmm. like, I think people had assumed would have been a deterrent to him. Mm-hmm. But instead, he, like, made it even more sadistic by, like, placing plates on their backs, on the men's backs, and saying, if you break a plate, like, I'll kill your wife. So, like, yeah. it's completely a power thing. But, like, he... And then, you know, families who had guard dogs and, like, stuff... Like, mm-hmm. he's not picking... Like, you know, he's not going to truck stops and picking up prostitutes. Yeah. Like, it's not, these are not, like, the traditional. Well, he's attacking, or he attacked women who 
thought that they would be safe because of the situation they set themselves up with. Right. And I think that was, like, his whole deal, is that you think you're safe, but you're not actually safe. Right. And, like, disrupting that whole feeling of suburban security. Yeah, and he did. He really, I mean, he, he really did. Yeah, I mission mean, accomplished. Um, but anyway, so I think that's, like, kind of the thing for me. It's, like, did he... Like, did he actually want to be caught? Like, is that why? Like, he also did taunt the police. Like, he did call the police <clears throat> mm-hmm. several times. Like, I mean... That's my favorite serial killer thing is when they write letters and taunt the police into solving their case. One, because it sometimes often helps the police actually solve their cases. Yes. Um, and also... Hashtag BTK. <laughs> yeah. And it's also just... <laughs> the BTK is maybe my favorite one <laughs> example of that. It's just like... He couldn't stand that they hadn't caught him. <laughs> well, he couldn't stand that, like, they Other were getting... might get credit for well, it. Well, they were getting stuff wrong. And he's like, oh my god, you guys. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> Let me just tell you, my name is Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. Yeah. Well, I was just listening to a podcast today about Zodiac. Zodiac is, like, probably my favorite example of that because he did codes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very fun. Yeah, that's fun. very fun. You can Also, that out. the Unabomber Manifesto, like, that's very fun. Like, yeah. you just, like, you know when they're sending you stuff that are just riddled with clues. Yeah. My other favorite is um, people representing themselves at the trial. Oh, yeah. Ted Bundy. I yes. know. Thank you. Charlie tried. Uh, the Unabomber tried, too. <laughs> My my favorite example might be Charles Manson, just because he was just. It all I wish is that that trial had been effing televised. Can you imagine? I mean, he yeah. was like, I just don't feel like this is a legitimate trial because I'm not being allowed to represent myself. Maybe L- like, please sit. Listen, I'm gonna leap thirty feet <laughs> towards the judge and try to stab him with a pencil. Sure. Yeah, I mean. I'm and then a, he got to go on the stand and just talk for, like, 30 minutes or something. When he, like, took newspaper, like, stole yes. newspapers and, like, threw them at the jury yes. and stuff. I mean, it was a, like, he, then he came with the swastika or the X mm-hmm. or whatever. He'd X himself X'd out. He'd himself from the world. Uh, yeah. And all the ladies did it, too. What fun. What, what a, <laughs> can you imagine being a juror That poor that judge, trial? too, just being like, excuse I mean, that judge also clearly was just like had no sense of humor about it, like in a good way. Like, yeah, I think he was just like, you know what? He was like Charles, <laughs> this is not helping you. Listen, just remove him. Like, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> get not, him out of here. I'm not dealing with this today. And then I'm pretty sure he would just like howl from the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I wonder if they figured out what to do with his remains yet. Like, remember that was a big controversy. Yeah, yeah I haven't. Followed. And his estate that he somehow has. <laughs> he went knows. into prison probably without a dollar to his name because he was living in a desert, stealing for everything. I mean, he just basically used Beach Boy Gold Records to buy everything. So, um, but okay. So then the second thing about the Golden State Killer, which I think is, like, this is the reason why I think of all of the serial killers, like, he is the scariest to me, Mm -hmm. is that, I think I've talked about it before, that, like, the show that has scared me the most of all the TV, like, all the, like, horror TV that I watch is Pretty Little Liars. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And the reason, like, like, the show that I've had the most nightmares about, and the reason is... Your biggest fear is home invasion. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is being constantly watched. Okay. 
And so the thing that the Golden State Killer would do is, like, he would monitor his victims for weeks. Yeah. And he would know their routine, and he would know every precaution that they had taken and would undo it. So, like, you could do everything you you could think of to make yourself safe. You know, you get a burglary alarm system. Well, he has disabled it. Mm -hmm. You get a guard dog. Well, he's befriended it for the past... (laughs) six weeks and the dog will now recognize his smell and will be able to be locked into a room and so it will not help you oh you have a gun well sorry he's been breaking into your house for weeks now while you're at work and uh, taking all the bullets out of it so good luck you are powerless when he shows up I mean like it's just anything you could think of he knew about it and had already like undid it Mm -hmm. and that is horrible to me. Yeah. Because it's like you think, oh, okay, this is the moment I've prepared for, and then you, like, go to shoot your gun and it has no bullets in it. The show that scared me the most is The Fall. I couldn't make it through that show. I mean, we, I know we've talked... I don't know terrifying. if we talked about it on this, but I couldn't I couldn't it was watch like, it. I couldn't look away, and yet I was so scared and still think about that show. <laughs> Maybe I should give it another try. I like I feel like I should like it. Like I'm every, surprised you don't like it. The the thing that made me stop watching it was that I thought he was going to have sex with that like teenage girl and that sickened me so much. He doesn't. Okay. I don't remember that happening cuz I remember worrying it was going to happen, but I don't think it does. Like it's like the episode where she is basically coming on to him mm. and I like was just like this is disgusting yeah. me, and I can't continue to watch it. Yeah. But I really, really like Jillian Anderson, so, like, I think She's that... great, and I think if she weren't in that show wearing the impeccable work wardrobe that she has, I don't know that I would have been able to continue watching it, because I was terrified. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is my worst fear. I should I should give it a try, but what is it on? Is it on Netflix? It's a Netflix show. Okay, all right. I'll, I don't I'll... know if it started that way, but it's a Netflix show. I'll give it a shot. Probably not anytime soon since I have a lot to get through these days. You do. But you have a lot of shows going on. I know. It's too many. It's overwhelming. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, the other thing that I'll say about I'll Be Gone in the Dark is I immediately started crying reading it, mm-hmm. um, imagining Michelle McNamara basically doing all of this research, like, while her, in, her ch- in her child's playroom yeah. while everyone is sleeping and, like, just getting so incredibly obsessed with this case and having, I don't know. It's, it's very heartwarming to me that like her, that Patton Oswalt is so incredibly supportive of her mm-hmm. and like she writes about it. Um, she at like at the end of the introduction, she says she like woke her husband up and says like, I think I found him. And then it's like, he didn't have to ask who he was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. It, that, that is like, very sweet to me that Mm -hmm. he enabled her Mm -hmm. um, obsession with this case. Right. He understood that it was important. And I feel like anybody else might have been like, you know, you're too into this. You're too involved. Like, look what happened to that Zodiac guy. You know, maybe Zodiac guy? The, have you seen the movie Zodiac? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, It's like based on a real person. Right. Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Okay, yeah, yeah. The guy who wrote the book Zodiac. Yeah. Um, 
is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. And, like, a lot of people say the book is really more telling about him because it's, like, so clear he's, like, completely obsessed. Yeah, what's that guy's name again? Who knows? Uh, well, I should I gotta say, like, Zodiac, I like that movie, but every I time I watch it... I love that movie. Every time I watch it, I just wish it was the first half when Zodiac's killing people, and then the next part when Jake Gyllenhaal's, like, slowly losing his mind and, like, not able to see his children anymore, I enjoy less. But that's just me. <laughs> I also like um, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Living in a houseboat in Sausalito, like, just looking homeless. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I watched that movie when I was way too young to be seeing it, <laughs> as imagined. Like, yeah. like as, as everyone would s- suspect. But, um, yeah. That... <sighs> I don't know. Now now I wonder like if maybe maybe Zodiac's like my next one that I want to know. Maybe I'll I'll throw that prayer up there since, <laughs> since my uh, GSK got answered so expediently. Yeah. Um I think that there's so many really good suspects for Zodiac. They're all dead now. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of I don't know why we can't just do this ancestry DNA trick again. I heard they were going to do it. Well, for I mean, why haven't they done it already? That maybe they are, and they just can't talk about it yet. Is Paul Holes leading the case? Because no, otherwise, he's I am not man. interested. He's trying to enjoy his time with his wife. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this past week listening. For those of you who do not follow this case with bated breath, like I do, Paul Holes um, is a cold case investigator who's been on this case for the past twenty years, and. Um, he was the one who decided to do this um, genetic uh, site yeah. undercover game. Yeah. And the week of his retirement, he was called in a P.F. Chang's, um, to letting, them, letting him know that they found the guy. And he's so a perfect So I match. heard it said, and on the daily he said that the week of his retirement, they knew that they had found him, but... Like, he, and he drove to the house and he didn't get the sample from him yet. Yeah. But he had been, he was, like, technically retired when they caught him, but he was still working on the case. He was, like, there was no real difference in my involvement in the case. Like, I still went to the office every day and worked it, but I just wasn't a police officer anymore, which I was, like... He just wasn't paid? Like, I don't I, know. He was, like, I mean, I wasn't leaving anyone behind on this, on this case, especially when we were so close, but... I mean, that's very close. I mean... Yeah. You'd be an idiot it was to probably yeah. see that through to the end. Yeah. Because um, the guy on the daily was like, why didn't you just stay? And he didn't, I don't really remember. It probably had to said. do with his pension. Yeah. Like, I know with um, with police officers, like, a lot of times, like, there's a certain point in your career that you have to retire because it's, like, the peak point of money and then your pension mm-hmm. is the highest that it will be, I think. I don't really know Maybe. how that works. But I, I know that there's, like a good time to retire for police officers that's, like, not necessarily, like, staying long, the longest oh, you interesting. Can. So, yeah, it probably had something to do with that, and, but he was still, like, working on the case as a private citizen. Yeah, and he, um, if you want to Google a picture of Paul Holes, is pretty attractive. Like, I mean, he's, like, like, definitely dad status to us, but yeah, but he's, that he's a hot dad. That doesn't mean he's not hot. Yeah, no, he's Hashtag hot. Hashtag Kyle Chandler. <laughs> he also just seems like a very nice man. Like you know that he, he does seem stand up as is, hell. Like you know that he just like has never even looked at another woman. You know that 
he would open doors for you and call you ma'am, but in a way that didn't make you feel annoyed. Or uncomfortable. Right. Like, it would just, you'd be like, you know what, he's a really nice gentleman and this is how he, like, has to treat me. He also, I, I, like, I loved hearing about how he's, like, in touch with so many of the victims still. I know. And, like, or the survivors. Gosh, I need to work on that. Um, and, like, can you just imagine, like, imagine what a, what a soothing presence mm-hmm. that Paul Holes must be. I was listening to that podcast while I was doing the daily podcast. Yeah. While I was doing laundry. And he was like, you know, and I got the call on the P.F. Changs, and I just burst into tears. <laughs> and I was, like, doing my laundry, like, Paul, oh, my God. Like, I mean, the only thing that would have been more endearing to me than P.F. Changs, maybe we should get a P.F. Changs tonight in honor of him. <laughs> but, um... It would be, like, an Olive Garden. <laughs> no, that no, would be No, Chili's would be a the chili. most... I love Chili's. Dude, who doesn't like Chili's? I don't know. Some snobby people don't, I guess. But, like, let me chili's just say, that that cheesy enchilada soup, there's nothing <laughs> like it. Their buffalo wings are unparalleled. Chili's is good food. It really is. Their drinks are as big as a house. <laughs> like, they, they like are, like, the fishbowl mm-hmm. margaritas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanna, like, I'll tell you place. a chain I don't love. Applebee's. I've never met, spent much time at an Applebee's. You know what else I don't, I don't love, like though? Applebee's. TGI Fridays. I don't... I can't say that I've ever been to a TGI Fridays. I've had their products in the frozen food section of a mm, grocery store. Not the same. And that's been fine. But I've never been to a TGI Fridays. What do you not like about Applebee's? I just don't... I mean, their burgers are good, but if you don't want a burger, I just don't find anything appealing on their menu. Okay. Well, I feel like whenever I go there, I'm like, there's nothing I want here. Hmm. And, like, I just That's don't... weird, because I feel like they're going for mass appeal. I know. I just never feel like I want anything there. And every time I'm there, I'm like, ugh. Applebee's. We used to go to Chili's um, after 5 o'clock mass on Sundays when I was a kid. So, like, I just have great associations with it. I'm like... That's great. I'm starving. All I've had is the body of Christ, and yeah. I... I am ready for buffalo wings and cinnamon applesauce. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm going to continue reading this book, and I'll, <laughs> I'll fill you in with some, when I have some more information. But uh, I felt like I had promised this. Maybe I just promised you this, but... No, I think we did talk about it on the podcast that you would give... Um, a corner Some updates yeah yeah okay so that's that's all i have also guys audrey made me read 160 pages of this book this I week i did so i did make her like do you that. can't like I, I can't read three books in a week <laughs> or two books in a week whatever i'm not yeah you know you're yeah. not superwoman right we're human beings for god's sake yeah um so little fires everywhere our official book yeah so this was your pick so can you tell us why you picked it um, I just feel like I've been seeing, you know, I've seen it. I've been too. seeing it a lot, and it, I've been meaning to read it. Oh, excuse me. It's one of Reese Witherspoon's mm. picks, and I guess she and Carrie Washington are developing this into a series for Hulu, which I'm not sure if they're going to be in it. I my guess would be if they were going to be in it, Reese Witherspoon would be Mrs. Richardson. I would think. And I don't know who Carrie Washington would be. Maybe Mia. Maybe. Or she seems, like, too together to be me. I know. But maybe she would, like, it would be a departure from her Olivia Pope-ness. Maybe. 
I'm sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm not suggesting Kerry Washington can't do Starving Artist. But yeah. Should we read the um, the that, yeah, that that's thing? a good idea. We we always say that we wanted to start doing that, and we never do. We never do it. The book jacket. Do you want to read it? Do you want me to do it? Sure. Do you want to switch off paragraphs? Sure. It's really even. Okay. Okay. In Shaker Heights, a placid, placid, progressive <laughs> suburb of Cleveland, everything is planned from the layout of the winding roads to the colors of the houses to the successful lives its residents will go on to lead. And no one embodies <laughs> the spirit more. Can you excuse Sorry. me? <laughs> I told you it would be at random times for no reason. Just consequently when I'm reading out loud. <laughs> exactly. Um, and no one embodies the spirit more than Eleanor Richardson, whose guiding principle is playing by the rules. Enter Mia Warren, an enigmatic artist and single mother, who arrives in this idyllic bubble with her teenage daughter Pearl and rents a house from the Richardsons. Soon, Mia and Pearl become more than tenants. All four Richardson children are drawn to the mother-daughter pair. But Mia carries with her a mysterious past and a disregard for the status quo that threatens to upend this carefully ordered community. When old family friends of the Richardsons attempt to adopt a Chinese-American baby, a custody battle erupts that dramatically divides the town and puts Mia and Elena on op- opposing sides. Suspicious of Mia and her motives, Elena is determined to uncover the secret in Mia's past, but her obsession will come at unexpected and devastating costs. Little Fires Everywhere explores the weight of secrets, the nature of art and identity, and the ferocious pull of motherhood. And the danger of believing that following the rules can avert disaster. Dun, 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 dun. By Celeste Ng. Yes. How are you liking it so far? I like it. I like it too. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I like... And wait. What was I going to say about this, actually? I was going to say I like any book that, and then I didn't know where I was going with the sentence, even though I knew I wrote it down somewhere. That's oh, what? I like any book that is set in the distant past for no reason. Or, like... Is I, it in the distant past? Isn't it, like, the 90s? I know the 90s. <laughs> so the 90s feel, like, are, like, the not-so-distant past, I guess. Um, even though it's, like, over 20 years ago. I mean, I just like that there are, like, Bill Clinton references. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's, like, there's no... I mean, as of yet, there doesn't seem to be any, like necessary reason for that it's kind of like how I felt about Ladybird, where like there's no reason that it has to be set in 2003 but I really loved that it was I think it's a little bit nice that the kids don't have cell phones yes I think that's like honestly the main benefit of it yeah. being set in the 90s is that there's less accessibility Mm-hmm. between characters which is nice like people mm-hmm. have to show up places yeah and they have to go on like alta vista to look up stuff right they and they have to call people on like when she's when pearl's at that party she has to call moody on the home phone of the yeah. party's house like to come yeah. pick her up it's like yikes yeah um but also my suspicion is is that um celeste ng lived in shaker heights for a while is shaker heights a real place yes okay it's yeah it's a suburb of uh, cleveland have you been um, there no but I feel like I do remember people saying they were from there okay. at Ohio State. Um, but yeah, so she yeah, lived Ohio there. Ohio State gets a shout out in this book. It does. I was like, hey. Um, <laughs> even though it's like a dumb kid that went there or something. He did something stupid or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But so she lived there. So my suspicion is that she probably lived there during the 90s. And so she didn't want... She wanted to write the Shaker Heights that she remembered. And yeah. rather than risk people who live there now being like, that's not what it's like anymore. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, so I was like, that that adds up. Which also could have been Greta Gerwig's um, motivation for setting Lady Bird mm-hmm. then. So it could be like the Sacramento that she remembered. Not the one that was terrorized by the East Area Rapist. Yes, or just of modern day. Right. <laughs> I just I just want to keep bringing it up. So mm-hmm. I found I found a place where it fit, and I bullied my way in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I do that with each Elba, so <laughs> look, look, look what I just did there. <laughs> Got him in there. <laughs> Speaking of, do you like his Met Gala look? I did, but I didn't see the one like that he wore on the red carpet. Somehow, it's basically like. It's a t-shirt. Oh. I saw him in a t-shirt, but I didn't see... Oh, no, 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 I'm wrong. He, like, helped design it. Yeah. The suit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did see that. No, I'm crazy. I saw another picture of him at an after party with his okay. fiance, I, was like, I guess. Okay, I dress. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a sham. <laughs> if ever I saw one. Idris. God bless. I know. Um, but, yeah, I like any book... That is set in the past for, like, seemingly no reason. I like any book that is focused around secrets. Mm-hmm. So, secrets are fun. Um, yeah. On one of my law school applications, they asked, like, what are your top ten favorite things? And one of my top ten things were secrets. Yeah. Which, honestly, is valid for a lawyer. Because you would definitely want to know secrets, both of your client and of your client's enemies. True. So. I, I feel like... I know a lot of secrets. I feel like people tell me secrets tell, a lot. Tell a secret on the air. <laughs> of one of my own secrets or somebody else's secret? I'm not going to betray <laughs> trust on the air. Um, or ever. Not even off air. But I feel like... I Like, now I'm just, like, in bragging corner. I know. Like, I feel like I know everyone in the office's office secrets. Ooh. Yeah. That's a power position to be in. Yeah, I don't know why. Because, like, I also clearly enjoy enjoy gossiping. So yeah. sh- I shouldn't be a safe, I don't know, people <laughs> just like to spill their guts to me. What can I say? Hey. It's I, I am actually, I am a good secret keeper. Mm-hmm. But I also do, like, I like drama. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean... The people of Shaker Heights and Little Fires Everywhere certainly do. If people tell me not to tell people, I will not tell people. Not even, like, one person? Like, not even Brendan? Are you kidding me? I would absolutely not tell Brendan. He is a terrible secret keeper. (laughs) No. See, I always feel like when someone says, like, you can't tell anybody this, I'm like, okay, there are, like, at least two people I would tell. I mean, depending on what it was, I guess. It really depends what it is. Also, like, sometimes... And who's saying it, I guess. Sometimes if there's no... Like, for example... Somebody at work tells me a secret and says, don't tell anyone. I'm imagining that means don't tell anyone at work. Because oh, yeah. those are the people who would care. Yeah. So, like, I could tell Olivia. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's sort of how I see secret code. Yeah. With that. But, no, I don't – I have to be careful about what I say to Brendan because he will repeat stuff, like, that he should not repeat <laughs> in front of the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It's happened several times, and I've learned my lesson, and so he doesn't get sensitive information. <laughs> Brandon. This is also happens with my dad. 
My my dad is actually the worst culprit. See, my mom's offense. problem actually is that my mom is actually a very good secret keeper. Like mm. there have been several times where my I've been like, too. you can't tell anybody this, and she won't. E- and I'll assume when I say like, don't tell anyone, she'll tell my dad at least, and that's not the case. And so there have been times where my dad's really put his foot in his mouth, and he was like, you ladies knew this, and you didn't tell me, and I was like, okay, I told mom. And I assumed that she told you. And she was like, you told me not to tell anybody. And I didn't. It's like, whoa. Well, my mom will lie. <laughs> like, she'll she'll say that she doesn't know anything about something. And then I'll find out later that she's known Your all mom, along. I feel like, has a great poker face, too. She does. Oh, she does. She's very I could totally see the exact way that she would be like, I don't know. And yeah, I would no, 100% she, believe her. Yeah. <laughs> like, there have been a lot of times where sort of, like, there's a developing thing that's going on and I'll ask my mom about it and she'll be like oh I haven't heard anything and then I find out later that she's known and like been in the center of it I'm like mom betrayal (laughs) I know betrayal but it's also I mean it's also good to know that I mean I think that's a good quality to have Um, (coughs) and I I also I mean I try not to downright lie to people no but um, especially since I had a past as a compulsive liar in my teenage years but um, yeah, I try, I try to tell the truth most of the time, but they're, but white lying, you know, it's fine. Needed. Necessary. So favorite, least favorite. Okay. So I'm going to pick a pretty obscure favorite. Please do. Okay. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to pick two. Okay. I'm going to pick three. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my obscure favorite is, uh, Deja, who oh, is the girl, Deja. um, there's a scene in the book where, um, a girl is basically picked on, but she also, what I like about her mm-hmm. is she's really intuitive. Yeah. And, like, she notices Izzy, my other favorite character, mm-hmm. um, is, like, looking for a tampon in her bag, and then she, like, subtly gives her one without yeah. her even asking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, I liked her a lot. Yeah. Izzy is my other favorite character because she reminds me of myself as a teenager. Okay. Just, like, radical and saying the most ridiculous things even like in front of authorities yeah despite whoever is around (laughs) I like that Izzy feels like a very real version of a teenager who thinks that they're like she's also woke she's also 14 years exactly so it's like someone who's like maybe she's almost like a how um I've heard Tina Fey describe Liz Lemon where like emotionally right but sometimes doesn't have like all the facts yeah. Like that episode where Liz Lemon goes with, one of my favorite episodes, when she goes with Jack to that fundraiser. The Republican fundraiser. Yeah, and yeah. then at the end she just ends up like yelling all this stuff, and at the end it's like nonsensical. Is that the one where um, she pretends to be his girlfriend, or is it the one no. where everybody in the room says like, it's when Jack is like, I'm dating a Democratic senator. No, this is... She goes to yeah. He goes to a fundraiser with her, and she goes so she can just eat like a lot of shrimp. Oh, okay. And and he uses her as like the thing to turn everyone against. Yeah, yeah and he'd be like, see, this is what we're fighting against. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I do remember. No, when she's like his wife is also one of my favorites, and she's like, because <laughs> she puts on that crazy voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a John F. Kennedy voice. <laughs> So we can raise the next generation of artists <laughs> and puppeteers and jugglers. 
I need to rewatch that show. That show is so good. I know. It's on Hulu now. Ugh. Like, I'm so Do annoyed you have that Hulu? they. T- um, I have someone's password. Okay. <laughs> but I don't personally have Hulu. I've, like, now used. A f- like, I've used my 30 day trial on Brendan's email, my email, and mm-hmm. my work email. So apparently. Um, oh, wait. What day did it. Okay, so you have one more day to do this. I got an email from Spotify saying that... Do you have Spotify Premium? No. Okay, never mind then. I I only mooch off my dad's Netflix account. That's and fair. then Brendan's parents, um, HBO. Okay. So, I mean... The thing about Hulu, it's like... It has commercials. Yeah. And I don't want to pay more for no commercials. Yeah, I think... I have... I'm not sure what version of Hulu that the person's password I have mm-hmm. has. But I wonder if they've moved it so it's like there are commercials during the shows. Like there would be commercials during like 30 Rock, but there are not commercials during their originals maybe. Oh, okay. That could be. But at first, but there used to be commercials during The Handmaid's Tale. So I don't know... If the person whose password I have upgraded their Hulu account, or if or if Hulu just decided to favor their original shows, yeah, and say like we don't actually need commercial money from this, but we need it for like the other content to like pay those writers. Well, it's also probably to get their shows more watched. Yeah, because it's like less annoying to watch them. Yeah, than the ones with commercials. Yeah, I mean, I've had to stop watching Animaniacs because it was on Hulu, so <laughs> big loss. Another thing taken from you. Yeah. Um, Who's your third favorite? Oh, so, I, well, I, I would, well, she's my favorite and least favorite. Oh. Like, I feel about her the same way I feel about Reese Witherspoon in um, Big Little Lies. Oh, okay. Where, like, I get it. I know where you're coming from. I enjoy watching you. But, girl, like, you are so wrong. And that is Elena Richardson. Yeah. Honestly, Elena, I would say Elena and Lexi are my least favorite characters. But I I enjoy, what I enjoy about Elena is watching her sleuth. I think that's, I like when she's that's sleuthing. what I like about her. But I also, so I like that she's sleuthing, but I find her justifications, like, even though it's in third person, I find, like, the justifications that she tells herself of, like, they're insane. I find them intolerable. Yeah. Like, the idea that she's internalized this, like, because she is, she fancies herself, like, a rich liberal person, that she's just entitled to so much stuff. Right. Is, like, sickening to me. Well, and the, the way that she thinks about charity. Yes. Like, she basically needs to do stuff for people so she can feel good about it. It really doesn't matter... That this is not actually what the benefiter of charity <coughs> wants. Right. Well, like, her whole relationship with Mia, like, makes me uncomfortable. Yes. Also, her, the way that she treats Izzy is 100% unacceptable. Oh my god, yes. Like, it is beyond unacceptable. And I, like, I know that they have basically made it seem as though, or like, they've sort of, like, laid out justifications for why. Mm-hmm she treats her badly and it's basically because as a baby she was like potentially going to die and Mm -hmm. like had all of these like potential diseases that she might have and so she's been like constantly watching her her whole life and wondering if 
this bad behavior is related to something that's wrong with her physically. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that anxiety has now turned to anger against the child. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah, she I treats mean, her like trash. She treats her so badly. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, she treats her other children very well. So mm-hmm. it's... And, and, like, and then in turn, her other two children, or, like, other couple of children except for Moody, treat Izzy like trash also. Yeah. And, like, Izzy's crime is that she's an individual. Well, and Izzy is also the most like a young Eleanor Richardson. Yeah. Too. Like, Eleanor Richardson was, like, also, like, she was, like, a bleeding heart, hippie, flowers in her hair. Well, I wouldn't call, like, I think she's the equivalent of, like, someone who's growing up in a small town changing, like, their Facebook profile with, like, a new frame. So that it's, like, it's, like, a white kid growing up in a completely white community that's, like, Black Lives Matter, but, like, then doesn't, like, post the status, but then doesn't actually, like... do anything about it (laughs) well I think like there are hints that she like felt like like basically they talk about her having this like spark in her Mm -hmm. that like I think now kind of has gone out or like it's like been contained where if she had sort of like pursued her passions for like social justice and stuff and like gone with that um ragamuffin of a boy yeah or just been more of a risk taker in that it's like you'll figure it out later. Well, right. I think that's that's the thing is that there. That's the difference between Izzy and Elena is that Elena ultimately is much more concerned with control mm-hmm. than she is with passion. Mm-hmm. And I think Izzy. I mean, also Izzy is a fourteen year old girl, but She's Izzy, all id. Izzy is all passion and no control. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also that whole scene where. Elena goes to Mia's apartment and, like, insists that she become her cleaning lady and, like, tries to buy her photos. Yes. Makes me so uncomfortable. It's not great. I also, like, this whole baby situation. Yeah. Like, it is so... Like, I think, here's the thing about the whole baby situation. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that there are valid feelings on both sides. Oh, me too both sides of it like basically the situation is is that a biological mother suffering from postpartum depression and like basically having a psychotic break yeah drops her infant off at a fire at station. a fire station and so at that point she's surrendered the child to the state and mm-hmm. the state gives this child to this other family who's this like very rich like the mcdonald's the yeah. mcdonald's McDonough's. mcdonald's the mcdonald's yeah whatever um and they have been trying to have a child for years. They have gone through every fertility treatment, every, mm-hmm. like... They've had countless miscarriages. One even was, like, late term. It was, like, five yes. months. Which, yeah. that part... I mean, it was it was bad enough that she could, I mean, like, literally hold the child, oh the dead God. child afterward. Yeah, horrible. Um, so... So, like, obviously, they, they, like, really want this baby, mm-hmm. and and they now have raised it for almost a year, and now, but the mother had, like, kind of basically forgotten where she had dropped the baby, and so couldn't find it, and had, like, called to try to find her, but, like, nobody really gave her the time of day, and so Mia, who is, like, kind of the catalyst of this book, mm-hmm. this, like, artist mom, 
realizes that the McDonough's have the baby and tells... Bebe? 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 I'm not really sure. B-E-B. I'm going to call her Bebe, like the store. Um, Oh, I always thought that was pronounced Bebe. No way. I'm not sure. We can Google it later, but... um, Anyway, so so I I understand both both sides of the coin. Like yeah. I think obviously a biological mother who now like is in a state that she can care for this child yeah. should like understandably have access to the child, but it's sort of like at what point did she lose rights and you know, should that have been yeah. considered and like all I mean, all of it's like very questionable legally. Yeah. Um Well and the problem is is that the McDonough's are like, totally, like, they, they have not done anything wrong. No. And that's where I'm, like, that's where it's, like, Izzy's such a 14-year-old where she's, like, they're baby stealers. And you're, like, well, no. I think where it becomes upsetting, though, is when, so, like, a lot of people are, like, concerned, like, quote-unquote, about the cultural upbringing of this, um, it's a Chinese baby. And, um... Like, that, like, becomes, like, the hot-button issue. And then the McDonough's are, like, well, like, her first food was rice. And, like, we have a lot of Asian art in our home. Mm -hmm. And, like, that sort of stuff. I'm, like, okay, like, you're really, like, 100% missing the point. And, um, I don't know. Like, that sort of, like, made me feel less sympathetic for the McDonough's. But, I mean. I mean, I think they're just. They're just trying. They're trying their best. Yeah. I mean, they love the child so much. And, like. I think their heart is in the good place of, like, I think they are trying to show that they're, they want to raise her with an awareness of Chinese culture and of her, like, heritage and things. Right. But I don't know. I don't know that they know how to do that, Yeah. really. I mean, they probably don't, I mean, they probably have some research to do at the very least. Right. But, I mean, I don't think it's, like, a... Like a colonialism thing. No, 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 no. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't well, think like, so either. Well, and the thing is, is it's not as though it's not even as though, and I'm not criticizing this either. It's not as though they adopted the child from China and brought it over. It was a social worker called them, and that they didn't know that the child was going to be what the child's race was. Right. The, the social worker basically just said do you want this child? And they said yes. Right. But so, the other thing to note, though, is that the adoption is not final. No. So they don't, like, she's not yet their daughter. So, like, there is sort of, like, a limbo of, like... But it's in a later phase of the adoption. It Like, it's, like, two months away. And I honestly don't know how I feel, like, whose side I'm on. There's I think, a big part of me, though, that's leaning toward the McDonough's. Well, I, I like think I think wrong. the Mc, I think... Well, but I think it's, like, well, you, you just have to check yourself about, like, why are you thinking that? Like, are you thinking that because, and I'm not accusing you of thinking that. No. Like, but I but I think, like, the a lot of the characters who are pro-McDonough's are basically, like, they're richer, they are mm-hmm. more stable, like, this child has a lot more opportunities with these people, <clears throat> which, like, that's not really the way which to be I thinking think about it. I am led there for some of those reasons, but I always check myself on that. Yeah. But I think what I'm ultimately led there by is that I think they have the legal claim 
Which, like, I don't know if that's right to say, like, when it's a child's life. But, like, this baby ultimately has only ever known them. And this, the life that they have given her. And this mother, like, I'm really happy that she's been able to turn her life around. And, like, maybe she should be allowed, like, visitation or something. But ultimately she did surrender her rights to her child when well, she gave, she didn't, she didn't, the thing is, is the child was not taken from her from a social worker. That would be different, where the child would have been placed in foster care, and then ultimately the goal would have been if she had um, directed her life in the re- rehabilitative, right. rehabilitative fashion that she did, the child would have been returned to her. But she gave it away. She, I mean, like, and I know that she was in this, like, crazy state. Well, I guess, like, that's, that's sort of the argument on the other side is that this is a single mother who essentially had a psychotic break. So it's like, can you actually, is her surrendering her child in that moment? Like, did she know what she was doing? Like, did she, was she, like, capable of making that choice? though, because, like, ultimately, like, if she wasn't capable of making that choice, then she's still not a stable parent. Like, she's but, still... But that's not really for anybody to decide, though, because, like, there are plenty of people who are unstable parents No, who get no, to but I mean, kids. like, mentally unfit to have a child. But doesn't she... But, like, but, so many women suffer postpartum depression. But, like, I think it was bigger than postpartum depression that she was suffering from. But do we know that? I mean, I just well, don't like, know Well, like, I just think, like, if you, like, leave your child at a fire station and then you end up, like, you're found under a bench like I think there's something more going on have you seen the postpartum depression episodes with Julia in Nashville yeah no I like I know that that's like a real and like totally but I just think that I don't know if she was like diagnosed with anything else like I don't know if like how extreme that this is painted of like how bad her mental state was that it was just postpartum depression but I guess like I mean, I guess I'm sort of thinking it, thinking about it too in, like, the parenthood situation of, like, you have that girl who sort of basically is like, please take my baby, Julia. Like, But that's also different than what happened here, too. Because you can back out of an adoption at any point. Right, but I think you could argue the same but thing. But she didn't like, agree to give better... that child to them. She gave the child. She left it at a fire station and wrote a card that said, please give my baby a better life. But then immediately tried to undo it. After, not immediately. After she'd been hospitalized. Yes. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, as soon as she was able, she tried to reverse it and was, like, stopped. Like, I mean, it's like the fact that the baby's been with that family a year really doesn't matter because she tried to get her back as soon as she was able to get her back. And, I mean, I don't know. I just think that, you know, like, I think that, this, I don't know. There's also, like, a question of, like, can, like, like the link between a bio, biological mother and child, like, I mean, it does not count for anything. Like, like shouldn't that be acknowledged? I think that's what's ultimately what always, like, pulls me onto her side is that, like, it is her child and, like, she's clearly made strides to make her life stable and better. But I think you also have to acknowledge that, like, she basically is coming from, like, a pretty impossible situation. Like, Mm -hmm. she, 
is very like she's she's poor like she's a single mom Mm -hmm. she's doing this all by herself she i mean like postpartum depression like it's like a very big deal (coughs) and like like can cause i mean like women kill their children under like i mean under like postpartum depression like shaken baby syndrome is like Mm -hmm. a very common thing and like you know it's like those women don't go to jail and yeah. so it's like, can this can this woman be but do held they get accountable? To keep their children. Sometimes, I mean, I think that it's like you if you plead temporary insanity, it's like once they're better, like they're See, they go back to their real life. That, like, like I, I you know, am not like against women who have postpartum depression, but I just don't know that I agree that someone who harms their baby should get to keep it. Even if you are, like... But this mother also did not harm her baby. She got her baby out of her, like, yeah. her way. I guess I guess that what I'm saying is that if, you, if we're not, like, putting these women away for murder, then, like, can we... Mm-hmm. Like, if, the, if they're getting a pass on murder, like, why can't she get a pass on dropping her baby at the fire station for a hot minute? Yeah. I think it's, it's more, like, a bureaucratic problem... And, and that's, and, like, that's why it's, like, like, she's suing the state, but it, and I think that's what, like, what sucks about, and I think what it's hard is that it's ultimately, though, the McDonough's that are going to suffer immensely, and it's not, like, they've done nothing wrong, and that's not saying that, like, they should just get the baby because they've done nothing wrong, but, like, love the child, but it's, like, I think that's what's, like, one of the central like tensions and uneasiness and like that's what like I kind of like about this book is that I really don't know how I feel about it where I'm like I feel like a mother should be you know like she's made strides to make her life better and like if this were a different like if she had like given the child just to a social worker or something or like or like I don't even know what would have happened if like if I don't even know like if she maybe she had just gone to the hospital and said, I need help, and, like, I can't take care of my baby or something. Well, I guess, like, I mean, here's here's the other scenario, though. It's, like, she abandons her child in an apartment because she's right. just, like, mentally ill. Well, no, 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 I'm dies. not saying, like, she did a bad thing by leaving it at the fire station. I'm saying, like, in other situations when, like, if a mother has trouble with substance abuse, like, social workers will take the child away. Right. But the goal is always to reunite the child with its mother. But I also think she has no idea how the system works. Exactly. And so and that's I don't, part of the problem. Like, and, like, her English is not, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think it's just, she doesn't, I don't think that she understood dropping her baby at the fire station surrendered her rights 100%. Like, I but don't she know. she did write, like, please give her a better life. Right, but I don't think that she thought that, like, that was not undoable. Like, and I think also, like, the state that she made that decision is different than the state that she's in now. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. I just, like, I do have quite a bit of sympathy for the postpartum oh, depression 100%. stuff. And I, and I think that, like, that, I don't know. The thing about the McDonough's, too, it's, like, I mean, not to be, like, insensitive or mean, but it sort of is, like, they can adopt another child. Yeah, they can. So it's it's not like this is their like I think that they're we're sort of made to feel like this is their only chance at parenthood. Yeah, I mean they definitely not. have, um, like they kind of they definitely feel that way. I think because they've been passed over for adoptions like several several times, 
as well. well. And I also and I also understand that like they have now they now love this child and like mm-hmm. this would be impossible to do. Yeah, and it would whatever, be totally but, heartbreaking. But I think like you can't replace the but biological like, child for this. But mother. my wonder is is like is it totally crazy for if Bebe gets the child back? Is it totally out of line for them to get to still be in the child's life? Or no. would they just not want that? Well, so or like, would that just be like a nightmare for everyone? So here's where I turn against the McDonough's. The way they treat Bibi is oh, it's shitty. Horrible. And so, like, to me, like. But I think they're just like animals backed into a corner at this point. I think so, but okay, like, I'm just trying to imagine if I'm in this situation. I've now adopted this child, and the mother of that child comes to my house. I would let her in the damn door. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I just think, like, my my first in, impression would not be, like, number one, I think it would be nice if my child could know their biological mother. And I think, yeah. like, I think that probably some kind of arrangement could have been made. Mm-hmm. But I understand panicking and slamming, like, because you're so scared that, like, your child that you've waited for like 40 years but she first called and she wouldn't even talk to her yeah I mean like so it's like I understand like maybe initially you hang up the phone or you slam the door because you're nervous but it's like how do you not then think on it especially with her history of like miscarriages and like getting rejected and thinking like like I would never want someone to take I would never want to be taking a child from somebody who wanted it. Right. And because I, you know, I've had children I've wanted taken from me. And so can we talk about some kind of way forward? Rather than, you know, being like, you have to get off my property or I'm calling the police. Right. Well, because I also don't necessarily know that BB would not be amenable to, like, the McDonough's raising the child and she can just at least have a relationship with her. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know Which, like, is. I was wondering if that is an option um, as well. But I just didn't know if, like, if that's also damaging to a child to, like, know that that's, like, their mother, but then someone else is raising you. I don't, I don't you, think or? so. I mean, I think, I think sometimes it can be more damaging to just, like, have that as a question mark. Maybe. I mean, I don't, like, I don't think, I mean, I think it's different for everybody, and the the situation, like, it it just so depends on the situation, but I think with Bibi, it's not like she's, like, you know, she's not a drug addict. No. You know, like, it's, like, I think she is somebody who's, like, has some hard, has had some hard luck, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, I'm not sure how to word this because it's like I both feel like I don't know how to feel and at the same time I feel like Ing really manipulates us like on both sides. Well I think it's it's kind of interesting because you have a lot of different characters who like you both like and dislike on either side of it. Yeah. So like you have Izzy is definitely pro BB. Mm-hmm. And then who like I think I think we're supposed to like Izzy. I think so too. Mrs. Richardson like I don't think we're like sp- supposed to super like her. No. But and then she's 
team Mrs. McDonough. Mm-hmm. But I think she's team Mrs. McDonough, not even so much for Mrs. McDonough, but more because she's anti-Mia. Yeah. And I think she's like, this is my friend, and, like, they're obviously good people. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, like, because I think how um, Ng kind of stacks the deck is I think this book is ultimately a criticism of rich white people thinking, like, we're living good, normal, healthy, productive lives, and therefore we should get all the things that we want. And we should never be denied anything that we want. And, like, people who get what we want and and we don't get it, like, you know, they're to be... Like how, um, what's-her-face, Linda... What's her name? Linda McDonough? Linda, yeah. Um... She, like, starts to, like, hate pregnant women because... That's really common for women who can't conceive. Which I totally understand, like, being upset, finding... But, like, slamming a door in a pregnant woman's face or, like, letting it slam in her face. Yeah. Or just, like, that kind of stuff. I think... Have you listened to the episodes of Monocycle when Leandra can't get pregnant? Which I totally understand. Like, you just feel like it's a personal attack. And I get that feeling totally. Um, well, I think it's sort of, like, the same feeling of, like, I don't, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've never tried to have children, so, like, I don't really, like, I can't relate to this on, like, a personal level, but I can understand when you, like, are consistently, like, doing everything you can and trying super hard <coughs> and are, like, continually failing and then somebody, like, you know, mistakenly gets pregnant. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. Well, like, I like, feel like I understand that on the level tried of, one like, month, you know? Yeah, trying on, like, a, like job search level. Of, yeah. Like, you're trying to get a job and you're interviewing and interviewing and, like, then somebody's like, yeah, I mean, it was, like, a total fluke and, like, I got it right out of graduation and you're like, I wish you were dead. Yeah. Um, but I always feel like you have to check those feelings of, like, it's not fair for me to feel this way against that person. Right. I also just want to be clear that people who adopt children are, like, you know, the best people. And yeah. Like, you know, I, like, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, anti-adoptive well, parents. Well, that's what I think it's so, what, like, kind of sucks about this debate is that it's, like, the McDonough's get, like, dragged into it. And I feel like we're supposed to be kind of against them and, like, ultimately feel like, they're, like, these privileged white assholes. I don't know if we're supposed to be against them, though, because Pearl is Team McDonough. No, she's not. Moody, Moody, and Moody said he was, like, the same team as Pearl, and Pearl and Mia are Team Bebe. Or I thought it in the jacket flap it said that, like, Mia and Pearl are on separate sides of the issue. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure... Oh, maybe Mia and Elena. No, not yeah. Mia and Pearl. Okay. Um... Well, and it's also, like, I feel like, I mean, I don't think that Izzy is, like, disingenuous in anything, but I think part of, she's like, well, Mia's on, Izzy, she's like, well, Mia's on this side, so that will be the side that I'm on. Well, she's also 14. Exactly, so I think, but I think also we're meant to kind of be a little bit, like, I think we're supposed to like Izzy, but I think we're also supposed to see her for who she is, which is someone who has grown up with an intense amount of privilege as well. Yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see because I don't 100% know how I want this to end up. Because, like, I mean, my instinct is, like, I want there to be some kind of a compromise. Me too. But but, but I, don't I don't think, think that, that that's going to happen. Well, because the first chapter, we know that Izzy sets her house on fire. Do we know that that's Izzy, though, for sure? We I don't, don't know but we, we know really that somebody do. sets a little fires everywhere. 
And so I don't my it, guess is... I do not think it's Izzy. I don't want to believe that it is Izzy. Um, and part of me believes that that's too easy. You know what I mean? Like, I, it'd be I too obvious. I think it's too obvious. I, I think it's going to be... Maybe a, it's Elena or Elena. But she's the one who wakes up. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think it's her. I mean, <laughs> it, it could be Pearl. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be Mia. I kind of doubt it's Mia. Mia, it seems like It could be Moody. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it could be Linda. Yeah. It could be Bibi. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of characters. I would really like it to to not be Izzy. I don't think it's going to be Izzy. But but I also really like... But where is Izzy? She's missing. Yeah. But I also really like a book or a show. This is another thing that I like about the structure of this I like knowing that we're like going somewhere you know like almost like in Big Little Lies it is kind of like Big Little Lies how it's like um it's like we know what what like one of the big climaxes is going to be and now we watch how everything falls into place like I like that like this extraordinary event we start with it yeah and then it's like then you like take it back to when everything was just normal, and then you just watch how little things start to build and build and build. And I think that's what was so, like, delicious about Big Little Lies. And, like, especially, like, okay, can I just, like, talk about, like, the end of it? Maybe not a spoiler, but, like, I just, I mean, it's been out for so long. I'm not going to say, like, who... Yeah, dies or who... Uh, yeah, yeah, don't do that. But, but But what I like about it is all the confessionals... Or all of the, like, police interviews. Yeah. And, like, how you think it's, like, oh, all these women hate each other. And that's, like, what you're led to believe this whole time. And how you're watching them, like, tension grow between them the whole time. And then you realize that that's just, like, you've just been listening to people who are on the outside who don't actually know anything. And it's yeah. not really about that. Yeah. And that, like, that's my favorite part of Big Little Lies. Yeah. Is that, like, the whole show, it's, like, you know, bitches hate each other, you know, cat fight, you know, like, that's, you know, we all know this to be incontrovertibly true, and then you realize that, like, they, like, kind of flip the script on you. Yeah. No, yeah, that was a good show. But it is kind of like that, where you know, you know, you know that their house is going to be burned down, and it's Mm -hmm. clearly arson, and Mm -hmm. you don't know who did it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, doesn't it say... Elena later. Elena suspects suspects Izzy. Did no, it. but I thought it said in a later chapter though it was like before Izzy set her house on fire or something like that. I could be wrong though, but I, like it addresses that later. But it could just be the narrator again. Like maybe the narrator is like moody or something where it's like operating with that suspicion. I, don't know. I just really think it's too obvious. I think I think that the way the book has been set up, they're going to flip it on you. But I also think that she is kind of being set up to be kind of like a tragic hero of the story. Where it's like this whole... Or even just like doing something that she thinks will finally like wake up. Like I also think like it's entirely possible that it is Izzy. And like I think if, if it were like it would be like the McDonough's win the case... And she's, like, so infuriated with her parents for, like, her dad was helping their yeah, he's legal team. he's a lawyer team. on the case, yeah. Yeah, and her mom is, like, looking up all this stuff about Mia right now and, like, trying to dig into her past. And maybe she finds something weird and, like, so Mia and Pearl have to move away. And, like, Izzy just, like, wants to, like, burn down, like, 
you know, the establishment, <laughs> which, like, she sees as being completely embodied by her family. I mean, I could see that, but I think that's too obvious. I think that something bad is going to happen to Izzy. Like, I think Izzy's dead at no. the end. Whatever. I mean, I, I want, I mean, like, I think it would be satisfying to have basically her mom be like, fuck, Izzy, once again, you've messed everything up. And then it's like, no, number one, Izzy didn't set the fires. Number two, she's dead in a ditch. Or in the flames. Because nobody, because nobody properly looked for her. Also, um, just a note of, like, one of the reasons that Lexi's my least favorite character. Oh, she sucks. Lexi, you cannot speculate with titillation that some somebody is the product of rape like remember she's asking about um oh, girl's dad and she's yeah. like maybe your dad raped your mom i know you're I like know. you can't say that i know even if you think it what do you think mia's secret is i don't know it's obviously got something to do with that photograph okay so i'm gonna be pretty disappointed if it's something stupid because so, now they've built it up. I think part of it, I don't think this is the whole secret, but I think a part of it is that that Pauline mm-hmm. photographer lady, I think Mia took all of her photos. And that, and I think that, like, that's the reason why Mia was upset when Pearl offered to write that essay for Lexi in, like, the second chapter. Um, because she was like, don't do other people's work because it backfires on you. And so I think all of those photos are actually her photos. Well, and they have the same agent, or like Anita. like Anita sells both paintings, so maybe I, like I think there's some there's some connection there, and I don't really know what it is. I thought maybe they could have had a relationship. Oh, that woman. Yeah, and it went maybe. really badly, and so she, like, that's why she like won't go to New York anymore because it was like one of those like classic like teacher student because mm, it was like something happened and she like dropped out. Which, like, very easily could be, like, the potential death of her brother that um, Elena uncovered. Oh, yeah. Which, like, she clearly is very close to because she changed her name, to her mm-hmm. last name to his first name. Yeah, so there's something going on with that. Yeah. There's something going on with Pauline. Yep. There's something going on with Anita. Yep. And New York. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ng is currently playing the dangerous game of Building a lot of stuff up. Building stuff up, and if she doesn't deliver, I will be upset. But also, I am enjoying a book where I really don't know how I... Like, I feel like I really, truly don't know how I want this case about... Yeah. Mei Ling to resolve itself. I also don't know how I feel, but I felt like you were more pro-McDonough, so I felt like I needed to play the other side. So. I also want to say, for the record, that, like, I, too, take postpartum depression very seriously. Okay. Like, I wasn't, well, I wasn't trying to say, like, oh, those women are, you know, bad moms. It's like, I think it's a very serious issue, but I think there's, like, I think there's a line between postpartum depression and, like, postpartum depression, like, that is, like, maybe coupled with another mental illness that, like, makes you yeah. not always fit to be your child's primary guardian. Well, I think also, though, that, like, one of the important things is that there just needs to be, like, more awareness and more transparency about Mm -hmm. postpartum depression, because I think there's so much shame associated with it that oftentimes, like, women don't get help until it's, like, too late. Yeah. And, um... And I just wonder if, like, 
if it's ever coupled with like something else because it's like is there ever a risk of like sliding back not like not with I feel like most postpartum depression it's like once well, it's, like, it's to a, get help. It's also, like, it's a biological, like, yes. issue. I mean, it's, like, it's, like, a chemical brain yes. issue. And, um... But it's just, like, her... BB's postpartum depression just seemed more... severe to me. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just... I also don't know anything about, like, her history. Right. I, I mean, I guess I just... I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility... Yeah, that, like her behavior cannot just simply be explained by postpartum depression. Yeah, well, and I think also part of what I'm bringing to this is like on this most recent season of Homeland, mm. um, Carrie Matheson, the lead character Claire Danes's character, uh, she's bipolar, and in this season she was kind of grappling with whether or not like she was able to take care of her daughter. Because, like, she's, like, a, a very good mother, but basically she found out she'd been taking lithium for um, her bipolar disorder for so long that it was starting to not be as effective. Mm. And so she was basically going manic kind of slowly without really realizing it at first. And so she's, like, making all these decisions and, like, had put Franny in danger several times, her daughter. Mm. Um, and so ultimately she allows her sister to go through the process of, like, suing her for custody. And, mm-hmm. like, eventually she, like, she, like, fights her for it at first and then Wait, agrees she to asks it. her sister to sue her for custody? No, so, like, in this season, and, like, when Franny was first born, Carrie was a station chief over in Islamabad, and so Franny, when she was first born, lived with the sister, and then... Carrie left the CIA soon after that job, and so she, like, was able to take care of Franny. And then, so, but, like, after this one thing, she was, so she was living with her sister while all this was happening, and her sister's a psychologist and was basically like, I am seeing the signs of you sliding into mania and also seeing the signs of, like, like some situations that Franny had been in because of Carrie where she was basically unsafe and, like, kind of abused like not like physically yeah um but it's like it's like that really unfortunate line I think of like someone who is dealing with mental illness can be like an excellent parent but is sometimes not able to take care of their child and it becomes really hard when they're a single parent because it's like this person is dealing with this through no fault of their own and sometimes will go through rough patches where they need extra help and it's, like, what do you do about that? I mean, I think, like, I think that's a real issue. Because um, it's, like, Carrie doesn't need to have her child taken away full time. Right. But it's also very unpredictable when that kind of stuff will happen. Well, and I think BB is in a situation where she has no family around like she she's on her own she has nobody and Mm -hmm. so like what is that type of person supposed to do like what yeah like like are there resources that help you like I mean no besides just tossing the kid in foster care and saying like I'll be back I mean that's why I I almost worse yeah I feel like the best case scenario would be that BB gets her child back but the McDonough's get to remain a part of 
her life as like almost like an aunt and uncle support system and they can try to adopt another child who is genuinely unwanted right i think that's that's where my difficulty is in this case where it's like this is a child who is wanted and there are a lot of ch- children out there who are not. Yeah. And, like, those children don't have homes. And so it's yeah. sort of, like, I don't know. I mean, but but I also understand that they now have grown to love this child. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, it's, it's yeah, more complicated than that. that. And I also would understand if Phoebe would, were to be, like, nervous about having them in her life. But I also think it would be, like, it's, like, extra stability or, like, it's just extra. Like, she would have a family then I also don't think like I I don't get the impression that Bibi is not open to that either like like we have seen that the McDonough's are not open to having Bibi in their lives but but Bibi has done everything she can to reach out so it it just seems like I mean it's more though like I don't know if it's just like she's like I just want to be in my baby's life like she wants it back she does which is I think which I think that's why the McDonough's are so not open to having her in the life because it's almost like they don't want to give her a chance to bond with the child and like you know show that she would be a good mom because they're so scared that their child's being taken away but I think if they were to step back from their feeling of like but we're rich and white like we should be able to have whatever we want they might be able to actually see like it's always best for a child to be with their mother or almost always best for a child to be with a mother who wants it and loves it um and we could still be a part of this child's life. Right. I also just don't, like, I just don't get the sense, though, that, like, Bibi is necessarily, like, she has never said, like, I don't want them in my daughter's life. Like, that's never been mm-hmm. part of it. Like, it's like, she wants her baby back, but she's also never said, like, and I never want her to see those horrible people again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I think that... Bibi would when likely I think the, be... the longer that this is ugly, the more likely she is to feel that way. Right, Where exactly. She's like, I don't want those horrible people right. around. Well, and it's, un- it's unfortunate because the only way that she could get... Like, she couldn't afford a lawyer to try to get her baby back mm-hmm. in, like, a more civil way. And so she basically had to get the media involved so she could get a pro bono lawyer. Yeah. And that, like, that's what made it so ugly. Mm-hmm. But that is also something that she had to do based on her circumstances, not mm-hmm. because she's, like, a manipulative, like, mean lady. Right. But, yeah. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how it turns out. Um, I hope for the best, but I feel like no. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, based on the flap copy, there's de- devastating consequences. So exactly. I don't know if we can hope the best i feel like pearl is somehow gonna get the worst end of everything i think pearl is gonna hook up with trip and that's gonna be a disaster poor moody i think moody's gonna get the worst of everything yeah. moody moody just like doesn't have a shot yeah moody's already kind of on the short end of the stick yeah but like totally understand pearl being like oh trip so fun moody you're just a dude you're just my friend yeah, I mean, I also, like, yeah, I mean, I, like, respect Pearl's choice to make Moody, like, put Moody in the friend zone. However, it's very obvious that he's interested in her, and so it's mm. a little bit mean for her to, like, See, I actively pursue Trip. I mean, because we're not in her head. We're not. So we're it's more like, in Moody's head than her head. Yeah, so I feel like, 
I don't actually know that it's that obvious to her because she might be so consumed with like having a crush on Trip. Well, she's just so consumed with being a part of that family. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, I mean, I think Moody is clearly like her home base there. Yeah. But I think like Trip and Lexi are more unattainable. Yes. And like more They're like exotic. Yeah. Well, because it's like the spectrum is like, Trip and Lexi are very much like what their parents expect that Shaker Heights children should be like. Yeah. And then Moody is like just off that, where it's like enough so that like Pearl likes him and he can be kind of her window into their family. But he's also really nice to Izzy because he kind of understands her. And then Izzy's kind of like the other side. Yeah. Of, like, the rebellious, you know, this is a system Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think Moody's the go-between between, between like, those two sides. Because yeah. I, think, I think Moody ultimately, like, is a practical person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that Moody is unstable or, like, radical, mm-hmm. I guess. But I think he also is, like, thoughtful and discerning. Yeah. Yes. So. So very interested to see where this is going. Yeah, me too. Um, anything else? Uh, just want to give a shout out to Ari, um, Tyler's girlfriend. Yes. He's been a loyal listener. Yes. Shouts out. Yeah. We are, um, going to adhere to your request to do our, a true crime book. Our next book will be a true crime book. It will not be the Golden State Killer book because no. Audrey is afraid. I am scared. It I will... think that's fair. I also honestly like reading it. I'm not sure that it would be like a really good Queen Bee book. Okay. Honestly. Because they're all, like, separate cases. Mm. Like, each chapter is, like, a different case, so it's, like, I don't really know how we would have discussed it as, like, an overarching. Yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like it's all going to come together at the end, so if mm-hmm. we did it in halves, it would have been hard. Yeah. But we're going to do the Anne Rule... Ted Bundy Ted book. Ted Bundy book. Yeah, which, which I I'm bought. I'm really excited about. I'm really excited. I think that's going to be a very fun book. Yeah. It's like it's like the true crime classic besides Helter Skelter. Yes. Which we already did. And what's exciting about and I don't, I mean I don't we still have another week of little fires everywhere. So I don't know why we're talking about this now. But well, I mean, we know, just partially want to let Ari know that she, she's heard. Yeah, exactly. Well, well what's funny is that like she said she requested the true crime book when our episode came out and I was like she's going to be so disappointed when she's listening to us be like Maybe we should do I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And I'm like, I'm too scared. Well, I mean, I, I really <coughs> I think that um, the Anne Rule book is going to be more um, linear. Yes. Well, because she knew him. Right. Which is what is so awesome. Yes. And, and I, think, I fully expect this to give me Ted Bundy nightmares, but, like, he doesn't... I mean, I am a brunette with a middle part, but, like, it doesn't... <laughs> You change, I have you ombre. Change your, you change your hair color so often. Like, I think that like you probably would be safe. Yeah. I mean, if he caught you on a brunette day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ted Bunny, like, doesn't scare me. Well, like, neither did the Mansons until I read Helter Skelter. So I assume, like, maybe I'll have some dreams about Ted. I mean, I think the thing about Ted Bundy is that, like, he's not what he appears. And, th- um, and I think that's scary in itself. He also, I mean, I guess he was like, a, they always say he was like a chameleon, but it's like, so he could, like his face would change. Have you not looked at like the six faces of Ted Bundy? 
Mm-mm. You should look that up. Um, because I've never understood why everyone was like, he's so handsome. I'm like, he looks kind of like a lizard. I mean, I think that he's handsome in comparison to, like, Ed Kemper. Sure. You know, like, I think that I also... He looked like a normal dude, I guess. And I think he, With like... His fucking cast. And his, and his VW bug, like, God. Can you help me carry this? I know, yeah. Damn um, it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's like, I think he, like, he's like <coughs> Scott Peterson, where it's like, he's a normal-looking, attractive man mm-hmm. who is also a sociopath. Mm-hmm. And... Wait, Scott Peterson... Is the one who killed his pregnant wife, right? Or That's, is that Drew uh, Peterson? No. Scott Peterson killed his pregnant wife. Drew Peterson killed two wives. Um, although I... He's only been convicted of one. Okay. I think. The second one. The first one, he wasn't. Okay. Like, I don't think that they tried him for it. I don't think there was enough evidence. But I think that... It's largely believed. It's largely believed that... Um, I, I literally just listened to the Marsha Clark podcast about Drew Peterson. Hmm. Um, basically, like, he had an affair with this other woman, and then I think killed his first wife to get with the new woman, sure. and then I think did it again. But he was, like, incredibly controlling and abusive, and, like, that, like, it, it sort of is, like, the perfect example of, like, escalating violence and like Mm -hmm. both women I think reached out to friends and are like I think he's gonna kill me and so like I think but it I don't think that it was necessarily like an in cold blood plan sort of thing but I think it was just like an escalating abuse that resulted in murder Mm -hmm. in both cases but yeah Scott Peterson though like is like he gets so many letters in jail it's disgusting well because he's one of those where there are a lot of people who are like he didn't actually do it I don't know anyone who believes that he did not actually do it. I think that they are, like, I don't know. The women who write letters to the prisoners, like, I don't really get it. Like, do you think that you can change them? Are you attracted by the dangerousness? I think that could be a part of it. And then also the idea, though, that, like, it's, like, maybe you have bad taste in men. But you know that at least these men can't actually hurt you. Because everything is really on your terms. Like, you decide when you visit. Oh, I guess that's You true. decide when you that's contact them. That's an empowering them. way to think about it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, if you've been hurt by men, like, that relationship would really appeal to you because it's like, it's entirely within your power. And it's like, they yeah. don't have anywhere to go. And, like, you might be one of the only women visiting them. and I, I also think that those men have literally nothing better to do except no. write you letters. And so I think, like, you are consistently getting attention. Because yeah. they have literally nothing else to do. Right. And you are, like, the highlight of their life. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the attraction. I don't know. It's... Don't write letters to men in jail. I mean, you know... Unless they're, I mean, like, you know, you know unless your relative you know them. and... I, I mean, just don't, like, look up, like, the San Quentin Registry and, like, look up the hot ones and start Yeah, certainly them. don't write to sociopaths. I think that's don't, the rule. Don't write to people who murdered their pregnant wife. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm really excited to read that, though. I, I've been wanting to read it for a long time, and I Me haven't too. gotten to it, so. All right. So we have that to look forward to. So more Little Fires Everywhere next week. Yep. And then back to True Crime true crime and i'll i'll sprinkle on some 
Golden State Killer updates as, as they come. Perfect. But I'm not going to set myself a deadline on that book. Mm-mm. So. As you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, this is talking from a girl who um, has had the seventh Harry Potter book on her bedside oh. table for literally months now. That's good. Because, well, I haven't started. And I read maybe five pages. I have it. not started listening to that. Let me know when you do so that I can start listening so that we can it's be just so relatively on the, the same ones. page. I lo- my favorite part of Harry Potter is when they're at school, and they're not at school for so long in this one. The seventh book has so many golden moments, though. It just, does. like, you gotta live for the golden moments. It does. I think I always build up in my head how long that they're just wandering around and not finding anything. It's not that long. And it's not that long. It felt really long when I read it for the first time, because I was like, oh my god, we don't have time for any of this! Also, like, the first movie, that because they broke it into two movies, mm-hmm. like... Deadly Hallows Part 1 movie is boring because they're, <laughs> it, they're like, just wandering around the whole time. Yeah. So I think that's also, like, I also made hate it seem that way. Leaves. Oh, hate. I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Um, oh, I just have one um, tiny brag. So I did tweet about this, but it's, like, always been my dream to be the type of person who plans their reading list based on their vacation. Okay. Wait, what so, do you mean? Well, so, okay, so I'm going to the south of France <coughs> with my yeah. family next week. Oh. Yeah, no, I leave next Thursday. Okay. So we can still record next week. Great. But, um, yeah, so I bought this book that um, my coworker recommended to me that's, like, all about, like, it's, like, a man who lives in Provence and, like, writes about it. And apparently they're, like, very lovely. Okay. So I bought that at Barnes & Noble, and I'm ready to bring it on vacation with me. That and Ted Bundy will be sure. on vacation with me. Vacation pals. I think that that um, Ted Bundy book, though, is going to be great to bring on vacation because it's the small, like, trade paperback mm-hmm. size. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah, that's a good size book. I'm glad I won't have to bring little fires everywhere because it's a hard back. It's a hard back. So. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this week. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thanks for listening. I think we got one more rating. I don't know if we got another review, but I think we got. Oh, another rating? Yeah. Like we're up to 12 ratings now. Oh. Oh, also. one more. We are 10 downloads away from 2,000 yeah. downloads. So, so just well, download. We're probably with like people that are. We'll just automatically get it when, we, when I post it. But, you know. Do, do, yeah. Love us. Listen. Listen. (laughs) All right. Well, bye. Bye.